to the podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. Download any of these free apps to any mobile device. Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than a macaroni noodle necklace on Mother's Day. Why don't you ever make those as a kid? Take those macaroni noodles and color them on Sunday school and string them and give them out to your mom? something when I was a kid. It was all good until she wore it outside in the rain. Almost killed her. Almost choked her to death. All those noodles begin to swell up around her neck. Download the apps, get the info. Way safer than a macaroni noodle necklace in the rain. How is everybody doing today? I hope this podcast finds you blessed and highly favored. If not, you got time to change that. Hey, let's start a new series today. Something that I am certain all have experienced in their lives at one point or another. The topic of healing and how do I get it? How can I receive my healing? That's what we all want. And while we could simply say things like, well, just believe and receive, well, right. You know, that's kind of been the, the church's, uh, the charismatic's answer for, well, just believe you receive. Well, believe what and receive what, right? I mean, that's what we heard for years in the charismatic church. Just believe you receive. Well, okay. Well, let's look at this because as always, it's my hopes that you're going to be able to find yourselves in a position to be able to receive a healing or a miracle if you need one. And as always, I want you to be able to go out and minister to others. Help them get into a position as well. You know, Matt and I, Matt being the co-founder of this ministry, we were fresh out of Bible college. We had moved back to the same town we grew up in. We grew up in this town together. And we ended up in the same church together after those years where he and I were approached by the pastor, asked if we would start a prayer and healing school. I think this was back in 2000. Uh, This is when I had graduated um, Bible college. Matt had graduated a little earlier, but we both came back at the same time. And so Matt and I, we started out and started really just studying and looking into this, and it morphed into what we call healing school. And so here we are today, some 22 years later and along the way, well, we've learned some things. We've We've learned a whole lot what to do, and we've learned a whole lot what not to do. And so I'm going to save you some time. I'm going to give you some great foundational things because, listen, your success in receiving and ministering healing really is all going to be tied back to the foundation that you have. And I think that's what's taken place with many of us that have desired to do this through the years. We came in at LMNOP and we missed ABC. You understand what I'm saying? I, so when LMNOP didn't work, well, we didn't know to go back to ABC. We see Jesus in Mark 6, and it says here he was. He'd been working miracles. The miraculous has taken place. I mean, just some amazing things in Jesus' ministry. His fame is spreading. People are being healed. Demons are being cast out of people. The news is spreading, and he's having great success in ministering to the people one-on-one, or at times whole masses of people were being healed and set free. And I mean, just the buzz it created, and it was amazing. Well, so in Mark 6, he comes to his own hometown, and it says there, he could do no mighty work, save he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. That's it. But none of the mighty, amazing, major miracle stories are coming out of this encounter. 
Well, they were filled with unbelief because here's Jesus. He's coming in, and these people are picking up on LMNOP, right? Meaning he's already experienced success, and others had seen that, and they'd heard him minister, and they watched, and they learned, and they had some things figured out. But here in his own hometown, they see Jesus walk in. Here's the big stories, but minus any background. Uh, And so, well, you know, we know you. Uh, We know your family. Where's the miracles? What's the deal? And he couldn't work any of the miracles there like he had been. And so what does it say he did? So it says that he left there and immediately he went about the villages and towns teaching and preaching in a circuit. Why? Well, because Romans 10, 17. It says that faith comes by hearing. They needed to have a foundation built into them so that they could have something to believe in. And we see that later he was able to come back and work the miracles there. But many have jumped into this now with social media and TikTok video or YouTube or Facebook video. You know, someone doing something and we're like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Well, you missed the years of what they did beforehand. Now, you're seeing an end result of the years of foundational things that they learned to do and things that they learned not to do. But you're, you're not, you're not going to catch that on a video. You just kind of see the, the punchline and you're like, I want to do that. And you can do that. But we can't jump in at LMNOP because when LMNOP suddenly didn't work, you're going to have to go back to ABC. So we have to admit that we've not really been getting the results that we want. I mean, we can admit that, right? Where at times it just didn't go the way that we wanted. It didn't go. Well, that's okay. Jesus had those results too. So what then? Well, let's go back and learn. Let, let's go back. Let's get the knowledge we need to move forward. How do we do it? Well, today I, I want to look at knowing and acting on God's word. Knowing and acting. They go together. Isaiah 10 and verse 27. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Who's anointing? See, we often attach that word to those that we deem as really something in the body of Christ. Ah, oh, so-and-so is really anointed, we say. Well, let me say this. Let's, let's remove the word of God from Mr. and Mrs. Anointed and see just how anointed they are. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Is the word anointed? That when one would dare to believe it and act upon it, that it would work? Minus the one who is so anointed, could you, could you believing the word and acting upon it, get results as well? Yes, you can. So the anointing breaks the yoke, those things that are binding the people, sin and sickness and disease and torments and oppressions. All can and shall be destroyed. That, that's some good news right there, friends. You can, you can reach 99% of the people with this right here. So here I am. Uh, my mama was born again uh, when I was maybe six or seven years old. Now, my father was a church-going boy most of his young life. Um, he was in the Baptist church. and um, But was he really born again? I'm not sure about that. I think at that time it was joining the denomination. That was a big deal in their family to be associated with it. Uh, my dad came from a family that was, that had some money, a little bit of influence in the town where they were. So I think it was more of a social club type of thing. I'm not trying to judge them, but just through my years of knowing my family and having seen where they kind of stood with this, uh, for the most part, it wasn't about the experience of being born again. It was about being attached to a church. Uh, I think that was the thing. They were wealthy family. I think it was more of a social thing. But eventually, he did have an encounter with God when he was a raging alcoholic. You know, he had gone through Vietnam, and he came out of that really, you know, just uh, oppressed and disturbed and, you know, just really had some issues there. And so he was a raging alcoholic. And so I'm, I'm around eight years old. And uh, he had been told at that time, stop drinking or not. At this point, your liver is so shot, do whatever you want. That's what a doctor told him. It's like, it, it doesn't matter anymore. 
So I remember my mama and I, we would, we would um, pray for him every night at the side of the bed. I mean, I can remember kneeling at the side of the bed with my mother before I would go to bed. And he would be out drinking every night. Well, one afternoon on his way home from work, he had already been drinking, that he would drink at work. And, and suddenly from the backseat of the car, he heard somebody call his name. It scared him so bad that he pulled the car over right there, and it was Jesus. And he came home, and he walked in that doorway sobbing from this encounter that he had with Jesus, and he was born again. Now, but I had for a couple years now been reading a picture Bible every single night. I loved it. It was a Bible that was written like a comic book. Uh, It was just the most amazing thing for an eight-year-old to see the miracles come to life on this bright colored pages. And I would read those miracles, and I knew that Jesus was a miracle worker, and I believed it. Now, my father had also been reading his Bible as well, which uh, he was familiar with, but now it's taking on a whole new meaning as for him, you know, for him too, the miracle stories. It wasn't just about making it to heaven or following rules. It was, it was coming alive. And so we begin, we begin to, to believe in healing. You know, we begin to believe in the healing message. I mean, we would talk about it. We would discuss it. I would overhear them at Bible studies. And again, cause I'm just, I'm just a child. And now we're crossing over into believing in healings and miracles. And so here we are one day and we live here at the Lake of the Ozarks and we fished a lot. I mean, I, you know, I grew up on the lake, so we fished a lot. And as it was after you fish, where you going to clean your fish? And so we had what, you know, a seawall that was about five feet high and we would lay the fish up there and we would clean them. So my dad would be standing on the beach and I'm on top of the yard feeding the scraps to the cat. Well, he dropped something, and so when he dropped it, I just jumped off the wall. I was going to grab it for him. But when I did, my elbow was behind me, and I came down on that concrete wall, and suddenly we heard a loud crack, and blood's flowing in my arm, and I yelled, and I I mean, I just screamed, and suddenly out of nowhere. I mean, now this is all within a matter of seconds. My father grabbed my arm, and no praying, no fasting, no music, no Bible study, I jump off the wall. Oh, my elbow. He heard it. I heard it. Blood's already flying out of my arm. I'm, I, I, it's broken. I know it's, I mean, I'm just, it's a me- I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And I mean, he just grabbed that arm and he said, be healed right now in Jesus name. And we both stood there. John 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. This came out of the spirit of truth that had been guiding my father and I into all truth of the word of God. And it had gotten so into us that that's what came out, that we had the authority to use the name of Jesus. And if we did, if we believed it and acted upon it, it would be as though Jesus were there himself on that beach. In Jesus' name be healed. And all of a sudden, there was a fire in my arm, but not the pain, but a fire. And I removed my hand from that elbow and there was blood, listen to me, but there wasn't a single cut on my arm. No pain, no broken bone. I'm telling you something got in me that day. The speed in which my father didn't bat an eye, but it came out of him so fast, I knew something was different. There was no reasoning, there was no prayer, there was no thought about it. It was just there and it came out, knowing and acting upon the word. And that's all that he was doing. He had been guiding my father into all truth, which is what? The word of God. That's the truth. And that truth shall manifest. So this led me to always be curious about the healing power of God, because I mean, this story, I mean, this was life changing for for a young man. 
so I was always curious about the healing power of God, but never really grasped what was going on until I got much older, getting past my teen years of ignorance and rebellion and moving into my young adult life where I found myself with this sore on my face that I thought was just an ingrown hair or, or a pimple, and it wouldn't go away, and it's getting worse. And I mean, now it's been weeks now, and it's hurting, and now we're a month in, and all of a sudden now I wake up and it's not just on my face, but I can feel that sore all the way through inside of my mouth where it's starting to grow inward as well, a cancer. Now, I knew about healing. Now, I didn't really doubt that God could or, or would, really. But like most, I had some knowledge about what the Bible said uh, about that. And, and as, I, as I mentioned, I had experienced something before. So it wasn't that I was closed off, but now here I am. What do I do? What do I do? How do I do this? Knowing that I could be healed, how? Well, it's all in the book. It's all in the book. And this is, this is uh, where now, uh, and let me say, my father had, and, and my mother, and, and many, I knew, had attended Rama Bible Training Center. And that being said, Mark eleven twenty three and 24 was a really big deal as far as being a set of scriptures that were used often. And I knew them. I heard them many times as they would do Bible studies. And I would overhear this stuff all the time. But that's exactly what came to me, Mark 11, 23 and 24, as my parents would continue to talk about this. So let's look at, at 22 as well. So Jesus answered and he said unto them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So it starts with have faith in God, or the original says have the faith of God. Well, now what's that mean? What is God faith? Well, God faith is simply this. He said it, he believed what he said, and it manifested. All through Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, and God said, and God said, and God said, and it was. So, so have God faith. Now, 23 and 24 are gonna tell you how to have God faith. So whatsoever things you desire, well, we desire to be healed. I, I, I want this thing off of my face. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Well, we all know how to pray. So we have two thirds of this down because we know, we know that what we desire and we know how to pray. Believe that you receive. Oh, uh, well, here's the hang up. Believe you have received. Well, wait a minute, but the, it's still on my face. You have to know that God has already provided for you and I all that we would ever need to be healed. It's all there through the finished work of Jesus Christ. He had no more to do than what he's already done. Now we have to access that. Listen, healing belongs to you, my friends. You have already been redeemed from sickness and disease. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. And he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and we are made whole. Matthew 8 and verse 17, and thus he fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses, infirmities, and bear away our diseases. First Peter 2, 24, he personally bore our sins in his own body on that tree as an altar and offered himself on it that we might die and cease to exist to sin and live under righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. 
So what usually takes place is when we see this is we say, well, I know that God can. I know that God can. I know he promised to heal me. And so that's what I'm waiting on. Meaning that, that we are waiting to see the manifestation of it before we believe it. But Mark said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, when are you to believe? You are to believe that you received when you have prayed what you desired at that moment. He's talking about you believing in something before you ever see it. Well, you have seen something, though. You've seen the word. No, you haven't seen your manifestation, but you've seen the promises and the word of God, and that is what you have to hold on to. Many are saying, well, when's he going to do it? And so this usually leads into this false doctrine of, well, brother, you know, it's all in the good Lord's timing. Meaning, I know he will someday. It's all in his timing. Well, friends, let me tell you something right now. It was in his timing some 2,000 years ago when Jesus completes the act of fulfilling the prophecy found in Isaiah. Because we have to ask ourselves, did Jesus get whipped? Did he get beaten? Did he take stripes upon his body? Then it was fulfilled at that moment. That was the good Lord's timing. Now it's all about appropriating what belongs to you. So it's like this. Jesus paid the price. Meaning what? Meaning the money's in the bank account. Now you got to go make the withdrawal. We know it's there, but it's not going to do you any good unless you go get it. So how do we make the withdrawal? What's the process? Well, for us, it's believing. That's it. It's believing. Just like you have money in the bank and you read that you have money in the bank. Well, now you have to believe I don't see the money. It's not sitting in my hands. That thousand dollars is not in my hands. Yet this piece of paper says I have a thousand dollars that I can go and withdraw at any time that I want. But if you didn't believe that, you would never pull up the window uh, to the window and ask for it. You wouldn't do it. It wouldn't do you any good. It can be sitting in there and you can know that it's yours, but if you don't go make the withdrawal, and the only way you're going to make the withdrawal is to believe that little piece of paper that says it's all yours. That's it. You you look at these scriptures about healing in the Bible. They're written as statements of fact. You are healed. It's written on the paper. You were healed. It's written on the paper. They knew that it had been secured and that Jesus didn't need to do one more thing. It's all there for you and I, but you have to know the truth and it's truth that'll make you free. So like that bank account, you don't ever see the money laying there through the window of the bank. You don't, you don't look in there and see a pile of money laying on the floor and saying, okay, well, I'll take a hundred bucks out of that, please. You know, you don't see it, but by faith, you believe it to be in there somewhere and records have been kept that say it's yours. This belongs to Jane Doe. And so when Jane Doe comes to the window and says, I want that hundred bucks, they can look at that and they can say, yeah, it belongs to her. It belongs to her. And we can't stop her from having it. And they go grab that because you already know what is yours. You've kept a bank statement showing what's mine. And you can just as easily say, give that to me. And they do. So it is with healing. You have a statement that says that it's mine now. But here's the thing. It, It can be all yours. But now you've got to buy faith without seeing it. But I know it's there because my statement says so. So by faith, I want that healing right now. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and diseases, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, Peter wanted to be sure that you understood looking back, and he said, hey, hey, just so that you understand, we cross-referenced the statement here, and we were looking in the bank to see if they were correct, and we were kind of balancing the uh, checkbook, if you will. And sure enough, you know what? By those stripes, you were healed. You're right. It, It is in there. We checked. It is. We looked back and sure enough, it is. Looking back, he said, yep, Jesus did it. He secured it and now it's all yours. You were healed. It's been provided. And so somebody who's a millionaire doesn't sit around with a million bucks lying around in the house. No, it's deposited in the bank, but it's theirs. And they're a millionaire before they ever draw that money out to use it. They have a million dollars. They can say, I'm a millionaire. Well, 
Where's your millions? Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not available at any time. I want it. And all you have to do is go get it. So it is with your healing today, my friends. The price was paid. It's been deposited and you are healed. Well, where's my healing then? It's all in the bank. Go get it. Make the withdrawal. It's all yours today. And that's something that you can bank on. Oh, we got a little ways to go, but uh, today, let's just start here. You got to know it's all there and it's all yours. No, no more. No more. It's coming. It's here. There is an account that everything has been deposited into in your name. And all we have to do is access that by our belief and say, Lord, give me that. That's mine. The devil can't stop you. Well, Donnie, how do we do it? Well, join me next time and we'll look at some ways that we can make the withdrawals from the bank account and get you set free time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Hey, until next time, you know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be at the bank. Tempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous.